Welcome to the Upgrade Media Podcast, where we talk to the people shaping the future of news media. Mario Garcia has been described as the most sought-after media designer on the planet. A professor at the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism, he has worked on over 700 projects in 120 countries. He has a client list to die for, including greats like the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Desite, the Hindu and Paris Match, amongst hundreds of others. So you might be surprised to learn that his background is not in design. This is what he told Upgrade Media. I never took a course in design in my entire life. And that is what I have devoted my career to, which shows you that you can learn by doing My undergraduate degree is in journalism, but for my graduate degrees, I figured that I was always very interested in literature, particularly in Spanish and Latin American literature. I was practicing journalism from the time I was 19. I was working as a reporter with the Miami News and the Miami Herald, but my interest in literature was always there. When I was a young reporter with the Miami News of the 1960s, I was covering a lot of stories that had to do with the migration of Cubans into Miami. Obviously, that would bring a lot of sometimes violent news. The Cubans who came to Miami they were trying to settle vendettas with what had happened in Cuba. I was the only bilingual reporter. So they would send me out to do all of these stories. So I would come back to the newspaper and there would be the designers in those days, they were not called designers, layouters, doing layout of the pages. And to me, that was so peaceful, so nice, such an artistic way of approaching journalism that I would sit hours looking at what they were doing. And eventually I was doing it myself. And so that's how newspaper design got into me. I realized that literature gave me storytelling. And so you combine journalism, storytelling, and you're interested in design. And that's what my career has been all about. Mario is often associated with revitalizing the look of venerable titles, something he does because he loves and respects those papers, but at the same time, believes firmly that this is the best time to be in news. I maintain that these are the best times to be a storyteller. Can you imagine that you can actually, if you're writing a story these days and you have a phone in your hand, you are the videographer, you are the audio expert, you are the photographer. And so let's say that I'm covering the first day of kindergarten. In the old days, I would have a photographer by my side taking some pictures. In today's environment, I can see that, I can see that what is happening around me. I can make videos of the children singing. I can see the short video of the teacher in front of the class. I can have audio. This is the way stories were meant to be. Curiously enough, As much as this approach is a joyous celebration of the journalistic present and future, Mario Garcia points out that mobile storytelling and Instagram news has a surprising amount in common with children's storybooks going back to the 1920s. And I always do a correlation between children's books and mobile storytelling. Children's books always had elements that were surprising, a pop-up things will pop up. You will have the narrative and then suddenly you would say, little red riding hood that came into the forest. Well, there she is. Suddenly there was a, you know, a big wolf. There is a big wolf. 
that kind of storytelling that in my book I mentioned in 1926, Winnie the Pooh was already written like this. They were almost written like Instagram images in 1926. This is the way that storytelling has moved. You write and you show, you write and you show. And I always, in my workshops, I always tell the editors, if I were to confiscate your phone right now and look at your last WhatsApp conversation, it will be like this. You write and you show. So why are you writing stories that are very long and then the visuals are all in a photo gallery? Photo galleries are like 15 minutes ago. You don't do photo galleries. You incorporate the visuals with the story. So there's a lot of work to do. This may be the best time to be telling stories, but as Mario points out, this is also the time of the journalism of interruption. If people are scrolling and reading on the phone, their phone rings. The phone takes you to email, to Instagram. So there are interruptions. This is the journalism of interruptions. You have to write shorter paragraphs, put subheads in there. And then social cards are my way of migrating ideas from mobile and digital to print and from print to digital. Um, most people nowadays come into a story through a link. Chances are they've seen that link either in Facebook, in Twitter, in Instagram, and that say it's a recipe. Oh my God, I saw this wonderful recipe. I want to share it. So you click and you send. The social cards are one way to make sure that you offer more than a link. You can take this card, copy, paste, and send it. And there you also have the branding for this publication. You realize that a lot of branding is lost. When people send links, they forget where they got these from. I think there was a study, a Pew Research study, uh, a couple of years ago, where they asked Americans primarily who published this story. And a large number of people say Facebook. But Facebook doesn't publish anything. But you read it in Facebook. A friend of yours sent you a link on Facebook and people think that Facebook is a publisher. It is not. So the social card is a way of taking the link, the summary of the story, and the label that says, this is the Sudoche Zeitung. This is Le Mans. And it has worked for me in projects uh, all over the world. I'm a great promoter of social cards. This is, again, part of the wet concept where the art director works with the editor, with a reporter. These workshops to me, continue to be sort of a miracle because you get a group of reporters. Now we do them all on Zoom. You know, I'm hardly traveling at all. And so you get this group of reporters who are still writing stories as if they were going to be published either for laptop consumption or desktop consumption or uh, for print. And in two hours, you begin to transform them into how to write for mobile. It's fascinating. The journalism of interruption, it may be. But for Mario Garcia, that just makes it all the more important to think ahead and above all, to think mobile. Right now, uh, I think that three years is the most that you can probably uh, move forward. I think that the, the generation that is right behind, like the generation of my grandchildren, these people are very digitally savvy. They know how to maneuver and navigate around all kinds of digital platforms. And I think that we need to catch up with that. You will see probably more use of artificial intelligence. You will see more virtual reality, augmented reality as storytelling tools. And, and my 
my vision of that is that we need to catch up with mobile storytelling first. How can we tell stories in smaller platforms? Right now, the smallest platform is the screen of a phone where 82% of the people are consuming content all day long. Uh, the average person comes to a phone, to a mobile phone 114 times in a day, sometimes to order food, sometimes to get a map. But it's a great possibility for media houses to really introduce their brand. We don't do enough of that. The average media house still thinks in terms of editions. If you had a weekly magazine, Paris Match, Time Magazine, you deal from Monday to Monday or from Friday to Friday. In the mind of everybody who works there, they are working on an edition that will be um, a group of stories that come out at a certain time. If you are in a daily newspaper, go from five in the morning to five in the morning the next day. Well, editions are still there, but in this mobile era, we think in terms of stories. It's 24 seven. You know, some stories have long legs, some stories have short legs, but it's advancing stories, not thinking in terms of, even for television, who sits and waits there for the six o'clock news, for the 10 o'clock news, but they still have that because that is how news was presented through the ages. A newspaper in the morning, a weekly magazine once a week, a television forecast two or three times a day. Um, I think that that kind of mentality has to shift. In the next three years, we need to see newsrooms that see the stories of the day as what they are following. And people will consume them at different times. It's just like what is happening with television programming. People stream and look at shows whenever they want to look at them. The news business is the same thing. People are constantly connecting. So having said that, one of the things I do with all my clients is to try to create mobile branding. How can you create a symbol where the name of your newspaper or magazine is very easy to catch, very easy to see? Normally, the New York Times would have a T for Times, G for Guardian. Why is that? Because eventually, when print um, uh, publications are not around and the name is not seen on a printed page, you have created a mobile brand for yourself small enough that you can put it on a social card anywhere. The story came from The Guardian. The story came from Sudoshi Saito. Depress it, whatever it is. So these are my missions these days, which is really a far cry from being a newspaper designer. I mean, those days are over because you cannot leave the journalism behind. In all of my workshops right now, I want reporters. They initiate the story. If before they write the story, they're going to write it for mobile devices, that's the beginning. I always say go from small to large, not from large to small. In many media houses, everything is conceptualized large and then dumped into a small platform. Well, if you ever had to move from one big house to a small house, you know that uh, if, you, if you're coming from a three-bedroom house to a one-bedroom uh, flat, that's going to be difficult to do. It's much easier to go from small to large. So every reporter writes a story first for mobile. Then that story has other lives in other platforms, but not the other way around. It, it's a lot of work to do. Uh, but that's how I see the next three years. Newsrooms updating themselves. Um, 
creating a mobile first, not even digital first, a mobile first philosophy. That's what should be coming. Of course, thinking mobile first also has a significant impact on design. The designing for mobile, for example, is very different from how we conceptualize and design stories for print and even for digital. In the world of mobile, people want familiarity, which means they want templates that are used time and time again. The concept of repetition in design in mobile is a plus. The concept of repetition in print was not a plus. You wanted the food page to look different every week, the entertainment page to look different. That is one big change. We are going to see more the creation of a design one time that is very good, robust, attractive, and functional. And then you have a template and that creates familiarity for the reader. You don't want to look at your phone and every day there is something different to navigate. That's the first thing. The second is that the emphasis will be more on the storytelling, not so much changing the design, but creating templates where many stories, the number of media houses that do not explore audio and video, they put photos everywhere. Well, because that's the mentality they have. Many people today love to see videos. They love to hear. If Instead of using a quote in text, let the chief of the fire department tell you how this fire was in his own voice. And we don't explore this appeal to the senses that is so easy to do in the world of mobile. So I think that design is going to be changed, but the change will be creating very sturdy, good designs that also help with familiarity and with continuity. I think the biggest change is in journalism itself. I, I have lived through five revolutions in, in this business. I mean, I started when there was hot type, you know, metal uh, before cold type. And then there was, I went to the revolution from typewriters to computers. That was a big revolution for the media. Then I went to the revolution of black and white to color. Then came the internet and now mobile. None of those other revolutions affected how you would write a story. That's why, you know, journalists could still write a story whichever way they did, and now there will be a color photo next to it. In today's environment, this revolution that we are going through cuts into the heart of journalism. This is where the problem lies for many journalists, that they need to compose stories differently. And that is not easy for journalists to accept. And I see it in our own journalism school. You have to teach students the fundamentals, how to build a real story. That hasn't changed, but you immediately have to take them on the way we tell stories for mobile, which is the opposite of print. In print, you see images and then you read. In mobile, you read and you see. You read and you see. It's like a WhatsApp conversation. I write and then I show you immediately and then I continue writing and you scroll through. That methodology of incorporating visual images that become paragraphs, the big revolution and I tell that to my students, is that forever a newspaper editor, a, news, a magazine editor has seen photos as art and text as journalism. In the mobile world, images in the middle of a paragraph become a paragraph by themselves. This is exactly where you say, 
this is what the fire chief had to say. And then instead of a paragraph with a quote, you have a clip where you hear the fire chief saying. So the whole notion, and I'm exploring this right now because it's difficult to explain. This is something that I'm exploring to write more about is how can we turn visual assets into journalistic assets in the middle of a story? How do you actually on the first screen of a phone have an image that is the equivalent of a good headline that tells you what happened? For any publishers feeling they may be struggling with this wave of innovation, Mario Garcia has some very straightforward advice. Many of the local newspapers are still struggling to become digital. My advice to them, if you did not become digital, skip that and move to mobile. It's easy to do. Mario Garcia, thank you very much for speaking to us. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more about how media is reinventing itself, then please subscribe or head over to upgrademedia.fr and sign up for our newsletter.